Welcome in, Bench Warmers, episode 44 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. Uh, we have a jam packed, once again, playoff episode. We are in full playoff mode, and it's been hectic. It's been wild. Not a lot of sleep has been had, but that's because we have two teams that are winning. So uh, that's, that's all you can hope for when it comes to this time of the year. But be sure you guys are going to enjoy this one. Be sure to follow us on our social medias at FEOTB Pod. Be sure to catch us live on the Unhinged Sports Network Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Be sure to check out the Unhinged Sports Network as a whole as well uh, because we love working with those guys and they got a lot of good content coming out, like the Fighting for a Dream series currently on the YouTube channel. Um, and then we got some other stuff planned moving forward once the playoffs are over. Uh, but I think we should just get into this one because this was a juicy episode. Uh, it, it's probably going to end up being a somber episode, right, Nico? The Avalanche are, are down 3-2. So. Hell no. Nah. We have the best basketball player on earth here in Denver, baby. The MVP. Undisputed, baby. The Joker. Oh, yeah. Fire me up, baby. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Man, this is a this is a special week. I'll tell you that, man. We've been knowing this was coming for a long time. It's been known. It's it's been known, but it's it's finally it's finally happened. It, the, the truth came out. Nicole Jokic is the MVP, is the best basketball player on planet Earth. And that is crazy to say. First Denver Nugget to ever win the MVP. First second round pick in the modern draft era to win MVP. The lowest ever draft pick to ever win MVP at number 41. First Serbian to win ever MVP. The list goes on and on. This this man had one of the best regular seasons in NBA history. It is one of the best things that has ever happened in the city. It is probably the, one of the shining moments in Denver Nuggets history. You got to think this goes right up there with Mutombo, the Mutombo block and him holding the ball. It goes back to Jamal in the bubble last year, him going down to his knees after dropping 50 in four straight games. Um, this is right up there with there with, with all that. And man, it's, it's, this, what Jokic has done, it is a blessing. He is the first MVP since Peyton Manning in 2013. Uh, like I said, the, the Avs have had Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackick, and the Rockies have the lone Larry Walker. Uh, but that is a, that is the list of the who's who in Colorado sports. And Jokic right now is the who's who. He is on his way of, to being the best Denver Nugget of all time. What he's done already in his four or five short years in the league has been un, unremarkable. I mean, it, it is a is a, when I when I tell you there was tears of joy <laughs> earlier earlier today. I I I am not lying. Like it's it's something that you that I will always remember where I was when I found it out. I always remember that Jokic was the first one that I got to watch him do what he does best for so long, and it is it is so so awesome to see him finally get recognized. Finally, 
everybody can shut the hell up because I have heard every single reporter say something bad, not necessarily bad, but say somebody else's name. And everyone's name right now is chanting Nicole Jokic's name from Sambor, Serbia, all the way to Denver, Colorado. That man is the MVP and the most valuable player in the best basketball league in the world and is the best basketball player in the world. This episode of The Far End of the Bench is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics.com. Nico, I, I think at least we had that to kind of salvage what this episode is going to be, and it's it's incredible. It's something, you know, we've, we've been lucky enough to see Peyton Manning and to see we, we were technically alive for the Peter Forsberg um, MVP seasons, uh, but this is this is something special. This is somebody like we've had to stand up on the table. I'm sure people are sick and tired of hearing us say Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Nikola Jokic is the MVP, and it's fitting that it happened. It happened now. It happened when the Nuggets are. You know, I think that they still have a legitimate shot, no matter how the first game in that series went. It's going to be a tough road, but hey, we got one. We got some. Something went right in the world. Hey man, I'll tell you one thing. I am. Like I said, it brings goosebumps to me because I, I remember it was there was points in where it was it was shameful to wear Nuggets gear. You wore you wore that light blue, baby blue Nuggets stuff. People were like, "You're a Nuggets fan? Who the fuck is a Nuggets fan?" That, that's where we were at people. one point. Me, me, Mello, Mello was Mello was gone. He didn't want to be here. He sent Chauncey, the hometown kid, with him, and we had to deal with Daniel Gallinari, which I love him. Il Capo is legend. Don't get me wrong, but Daniel Gallinari, JJ Hickson, fucking Javale McGee in his prime—not even his prime, but like kind of his prime—and man, Jameer Nelson, like it's oh man, this this the basketball world, like it, it, he's an elite company. You talk about international MVPs, Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, oh, my God, this is going to bug the hell out of me. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon. And I know there's one more, but I can't think of the top of my head. Um, but, man, this, the, the game has grown so much. And like I said to my center of attention, man, from the streets of Sambor, Serbia, where, where he rode horses, where he quit basketball at the age of 14 because he wanted to ride, he wanted to race horses for a living. And his dad told him, no, you're going to be seven foot, so you're going to go play basketball. I mean, hearing what he said in the TNT, um, in the TNT when he got announced, he, he, I mean, Shaq asked him, he was like, did you ever believe that you're going to be in the NBA? He was straight up. He said, I didn't, be- I, my goal was to make it to the, Euro- the European League. He never even getting to the NBA was never a thought. He was like, you know what? If I could just make the European League, I can make enough money for my family, can provide for them, and all that. Let alone he gets drafted with the 41st pick in the second round, and a Taco Bell commercial is on TV. If I had a quesarito right now, I'd be eating the hell out of it because it's quesaritos all fucking week long. Um, but man, it's like I said, the, the guy came up from nothing. He was doubted. He's, I mean. Coach Malone had one of the best shirts I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. He had a shirt with everything that said everything that everyone that has ever said anything wrong about Jokic. He's fat. He, 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 when he first came to the league, he's too skinny. He has terrible feet. He's a defender can't jump. on the back. Yeah. Can't jump. No athleticism. He's not an all-star on the back. It says jokes on you. I'm the motherfucking MVP. Yeah, he is baby. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I think, 
you know, a lot of the times MVP is somebody who's a little bit more selfish and, and pads his own stats. Jokic did this and we were talking about it down the stretch of the season when Perkins and Nick Young were all crying in their tea over there in Bristol, Connecticut, because ESPN can't have somebody who's not on the 76ers or in Boston or in New York or Los Angeles win the MVP. And we were talking about it. He doesn't want to win it for him. The MVP was never a goal of Nikola Jokic's. He just wants to play good enough so that the team wins. And it's just so happened that he had one of the most historic seasons. He is going to go down as one of the best big men, especially offensively to ever play the game. And you mentioned all the different firsts that he is. He's the first Serbian born MVP first or the, the latest pick in the draft to win MVP. That's difficult. Yeah, technically he is the first second round pick as well, because before when it was the, 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 pre-draft area like in the 60s willis reed won mvp but he was the eighth pick and that counted as the second round so i mean it it, it counts but i mean yeah nick yeah nick wright and 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 perkins and um uh the guy spike eskin from philadelphia that motherfucker too um all of them are are rolling in their graves because no one can take away that he is the mvp 91 freaking votes out of 100 91 first place votes there ain't no doubt ain't no doubt that's about as thorough of domination as i think we can we should have been unanimous yeah, should have been unanimous, but you know those fucking New Yorkers and Californians got to pick their fucking favorites. Yeah, yeah. It, not everybody appreciates the game, Nico. When you don't appreciate the game, you just appreciate, you know. It, it, we we saw what a guy who people were talking about as MVP and has been MVP in the past. He's not even gearing up to get ready for the Olympics. He's gearing up to get ready to go play the goon squad. Nikola Jokic is gearing up to get ready to go play playoff basketball, and he just so happened to win the MVP. He doesn't even care. Any, ar- any argument for LeBron and Steph Curry, I will never have. They did not take away this MVP from him. The only person that has an argument is Joel Embiid because he's been balling out. But Jokic was by far and away the best player in this league this season. And the 76ers won without Joel Embiid in the lineup. They were still able still, to secure one of the top two seed. seeds in the East. Yeah, there's the number one seed in the East. So it, there are differences. There are levels to this game. And I agree with that's that's the only person that you could maybe say should have had some sort of a nod, but it didn't happen. It worked out the way that it should have. And we have some good news to talk about tonight because uh, we're, we're, we're going to skip right over the other bad news, but we, we do have some bad news that just happened. It's, it's, we don't have the same, we didn't have the same, oh my God, energy as we had from last week and the, the double overtime winner in ball arena. Um, but that's a good transition. Let's get into hockey. And uh, you want to start with the shit show? Or do you want to end with the shit show? I'll give you let's, those two let's options. Start with, let, let's start with the shit show. Okay. First two periods, Avalanche are the Stanley Cup contender. They look great. Brandon Saad, I, I, I'm a big fan of Brandon Saad right now. He's doing everything that he can to try and get this team, to will this team past the second round. Because remember, this group has not been past the second round of the playoffs. Two games, Two game sevens in a row two losses in a row and they lose in his horrific fashion. And they showed that again tonight because in the third period, uh, first one was a Burakovsky turnover. Vegas goes down and scores. Um, and then there's another turnover, you know, just the sloppiness and the cockiness that you saw from the avalanche thinking that they had Vegas where they wanted them. 
everybody told you, everybody, you, you should know if you're in that locker room, you should know that these are the two best teams on the ice. So no lead is ever safe. Two goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Just like a three, one series lead is the most dangerous lead in the playoffs. A two goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Marshall sold ties it. And then 50 seconds into overtime, another mistake. Ryan Graves turns the puck over Mark stone, a captain who's actually leading his team because Landeskog has not done anything in the playoffs. So far in this round of the playoffs so far, he goes down and wins it for Vegas. And now they're going back home with a chance to win it on home ice and send Colorado. They're not even going to make it to a game seven at this point. That's, that's where they're at right now. If the, if the panic button was pressed before, because I think that it should have been, I don't know that things not, I, I pulverized that it's, it's gone. Like I, I would rather not care about the avalanche. I would rather believe in my head that they don't exist right now than to continue and try and will myself to root for this team and to watch them get up by two goals and then give it all away in the last 20 minutes of the game. I just don't, you know, don't know how you come back from that. I've had, I've had so many playoff heartbreaks in my life. I've had, I had the Super Bowl that we lost by 40. I had, I had the nuggets losing in game seven on, on home floor to the Blazers. I had the Avs losing the first round to the Wilds. The Rockies lose. I mean, the Rockies were in the playoffs at one point. <laughs> Believe it or not, they were, <laughs> and they lost in the second round of the Brewers after beating the Cubs and Wrigley. I've had my <laughs> fair share of 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 travesties, but I'll tell you one thing: I've also had my fair share of promises. I was there when Peyton lost his first season to the Baltimore Ravens on the fucking hail mary. I was there. I was also there when Peyton fucking was there. Peyton led us all the way to Super Bowl 50. I was there when the Nuggets were getting their ass kicked every year. And here we are rooting on the MVP. I was there. I mean, I'm, I'm here for the Rockies sucking. <laughs> I mean, fuck's sake. I'm gonna, I mean, it may not be ever good for the Rockies, but you know what? Like I said, the, the, things work in mysterious ways. The one thing I have noticed, especially in this last three ga- four, three games, yeah, three games is um, – or four, you say four now. Th- four games is two things. One, your idiotic fucking center that decided he was going to get himself kicked out of the fucking playoffs. Kadri's got asses got to fucking go. That's the number one. Number two, there's no veteran presence on the back line. There's none. You have Grubauer playing oh, yeah. his ass off. Yeah. But, but hold on. Eric Johnson is not there. If Eric Johnson was there, there's a, there's a difference. I know EJ is skating. Maybe Bednar will throw his ass out there because he might as fucking well. Um, but, like, look, you have so many young guys back there, and you're relying on Patrick Nemeth and Devontae's to be your leaders on the back line. They're not leaders. I mean, Devontae's is a good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. But Sammy Gerrard is, is a young guy. Cam McCarr is a young guy. These are all young guys. They it, Good championship level teams have defensemen back there that are damn crafty, but also the guys that know what it takes to get where you want to be. And there isn't that you have it on the front line. You have sod who has won a Stanley cup. You have Burakovsky who hasn't been playing well, but he's won a Stanley cup. You have them on the front line. You don't have it on the back line. And that's where those turnovers come into play. Yeah, and and, and mean, also and also one more thing I got to add in too. Grubauer has played outstanding too. He's made mistakes, but like I am going to tip my cap to him. You got to remember, we're also playing a top five goalie of all time. This yeah. is like playing LeBron in the playoffs. Like I know it's different because it's hockey and whatever. Furry is a fucking playoff god. He is. 
wherever he fucking goes. Doesn't matter if he's in Pittsburgh or Vegas. He shows up in the playoffs. Let's not take that away from him because there was chances at the at the end of period three there that the Avs had and a chance at the very, very beginning of the game that not many goalies stop, but Flurry does. I'm I'm not taking anything away from the goaltending because I said it that saw the the side goal at the end of the first period, the analysts on NBC were like, Flurry's probably going to go back in the locker room and apologize. And I turned, I turned to my dad who I was watching the game with. I was like, neither goalie has anything to apologize for in this series. They have done everything that they can to keep their teams in the veteran presence that you thought you were signing at the blue line. Patrick Nemeth scored an own goal on, on Sunday night. And then tonight he didn't play bad, but there's no pop from him. There's no pop from Taves. McKinnon has disappeared. I don't know where the it's third year in a row he's disappeared in the second round of the playoffs. I know he was dealing with injuries two years ago against San Jose and last year in the bubble. It was just a difficult time, but he hasn't done anything. The top line, I really liked what Bednar did tonight by shifting everybody around, and, and that was needed. I think they needed to do that Sunday, but you're still not getting any production out of your top guys. Landis Gog, McKinnon, Rantanen, no points in the last three games or one point in the last three games. That's yeah, not going to win you hockey games. Those are the guys that you are relying on to bring you there. You're relying on your experience, but you're relying on your talented players, your supposed top five players in the world at their positions, and they are just absolutely taking a dump in their helmet. This is this is a good old-fashioned chess match because when you're playing chess, if you're playing defense with your queen the whole fucking time, you're not going to be doing shit. Your queen at some point has to be attacking the opposition. And if you're, if you're playing defense with your queen, your, your bishops, and everything else, you're going to be stuck and you're going to be playing defense the whole game. As right now, their front line, it's not even that they're, they're not getting chances offensively. They're getting shots up. They're just playing in their defensive zone the whole time. And that goes, that goes the, their, their inability to move the puck in. Keep the puck in. The forecheck was so much better the first two periods. Don't get me wrong. The third period went away. It went away. Like, when you, when when your front line, I mean, the announcers said it best. All of the fucking announcers suck ass. NBC is Don't like that. Oh I'm God. so glad they're that's, moving to ESPN. That's, 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 without Doc Emmerich there, it is, oh, it is bad. Um, but, oh. but I mean, like, like, you talk, like, you talk about it. Like, they said, um, McKinnon has been playing defense. It wears you out. Defense wears your ass out. And that's what Vegas's plan is. Their plan is to make the top line for the Colorado Avalanche play defense and make sure they get no pressure. If they get one shot offensively, then it's one shot and then it's back to defense. Because we're getting, we're, I mean, we're, we're talking about possessions offensively in the third period where they're getting one shot. I said this after while we were casting a, a game, or game, game four, game four, game four, game four. When we were casting game four. Um, the abs were taking bad shot and not finishing, not finishing at all. It's like in basketball, you take a fucking terrible shot. You're, you're hurting your team because you have to run back to the other end and go play defense. That's exactly what the abs are doing. You're taking, I mean, some of those shots are good shots, but there's no pressure at all to keep the puck in Vegas right now is taking shots and crushing the puck. They are rushing it. They're having those front guys after a missed shot. They're crashing the net and they are seeing where the puck is deflecting. The Avs right now are not doing that. 
No, I would say that the Avalanche, I tweeted it. It's very difficult for me to argue that the Avalanche are the best team in the league right now. I would, it's, it's difficult for me to argue that Vegas isn't faster than Colorado because it looks like it, the way that they're playing. And then I think the biggest problem that I have with it in the way that they came out in that third period, you look at the starting back line for Vegas with Petrangelo, Alec Martinez, and Marc-Andre Fleury. Fleury has three cups. Martinez has two. Petrangelo has one. You got guys on your team who haven't even sniffed the conference finals, and you think that you're going to go out there and punk these veterans that know what it takes to win a Stanley Cup, some of them multiple times over, and one goaltender that's going to be in the Hall of Fame? You you really – if I'm Jared Bednar, I know that he's not this way. I'm going in the locker room after that game. I'm smashing his stool, and I'm making sure somebody else gets this team fired up because what else do you have to lose going into game six? It's either you extend the series one more day, and then you have to really – I mean, that game seven is going to be a fist fight if it gets to that point. I think game six is going to have to do be the same. You're going to have to change something up. There's going to be some adjustment that we're just not seeing because we're not this, the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. But I'm really struggling. I'm trying. I'm really struggling to, to find what that adjustment is going to be because right now it looks like Vegas knows exactly how to beat the Colorado Avalanche and the Avalanche forgot how to beat the Vegas Knights. Yeah, I mean, look, Bednard has, has made some good decisions. This isn't this isn't on him. He has done what he needs to do to get mix those lines up. Saad is getting goals like no other. Talk about those bottom line guys. They're doing what they need to do, but the top guys aren't. And I don't know whether you gotta you gotta mix it up again and try to throw Val on the first line or or try to throw. Um, I mean, fucking Kondry would be there, and that would be an option. I mean, Newhook has been playing his ass off. First of all, Th- that kid is going to be unreal. New Hook is going to be the second line center for this team in the near future. Kadri can suck a dick at this point um, because New Hook is an absolute animal. And what he's doing this young of an age, he is playing better than some players out there that should be. And um, right now, the Avs, like I said, it's, it's not on Bednar. Bednar is saying, I'm putting you in positions to win, and you are telling me that you, we don't have enough. And that's exactly yeah. what they're telling you. Like, I mean, look. I, whether whether we we are going to blame this on injuries to Bo Byram or and and Kadri's fucking idiocy, no, because Vegas is a damn good team. I we said it before. We've been saying this since the first week of the season. The winner of this the, the winner of this division is going to win the cup. I, whether it be Vegas or whether it be the Abs. If Abs lose on Thursday, I'm betting five hundred dollars on Vegas because they're going to fucking run through Montreal and they'll run through everybody else because I don't think anyone's going to stop them. But the problem is, is when Bettman's an, a- an ass and is an idiot and you have to face what you have to go- coming in front of you, look, you, you got to take them out at one point. And, and you got them in the second round. And you, to get to where you wanted to be, you have to take them out. And here you are with your backs against the wall. And the question is, are you going to fall or are you going to say, fuck this, I'm going to keep swinging? And I, right now, if the Avs make it a game and push this overtime game six, I'll say, you know what, this team just didn't have it this year. And they at least fought a little bit. Um, if they lose game six, five to one, I'll be like, fucking trade everybody. I'd be like, no, I mean, trade everybody outside of the top three, Kale McCarr and Grubauer. Everybody else can kick rocks. Um, but like, it's, it, you gotta, you gotta figure something out. See how much, how many balls you have. See what you got. See, 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 see who wants to be there, who doesn't. If you don't want to be there, throw Byram and throw Eric Johnson's ass on the ice because I know they want to be out there um, because they're injured. They want to be out there more than anything. And if you don't want to be out there, get your ass off. Yeah, reach down between your legs, see what kind of yarbles you have, and let's go win this thing because that's what it's going to come down to at this point. There's no fancy 
there's no fancy strategy or anything like that. You're just going to have to go win. It's all it comes down to. Last thing on the, the Avs series, Kadri is eligible to come back the next game. He will be returning was, game I, six. I, I, I thought it was game seven. No, I, I they were talking on the um, uh, broadcast tonight. He would be available for game six. I think that he comes if he comes back in, he's going to be the fourth line guy. They're going to move guys up because you still have to. I don't think that he's not going to come right back and be able to produce for the, the second line. But that's just I mean, the last thing if, that, that I'll say if about he, that. If, if he can be a four, if he can be a fourth line guy and score a goal, then I'll be happy. I mean, besides that, he better get his shit intact in, in because this ain't Toronto anymore. We're not in Toronto anymore. He's going to have to do something incredible. Yeah, you're costing your team series now. The Blues are a walkthrough. We're not – St. Louis didn't matter. You cost your, your team valuable games. Yeah, let's uh, let's move over to the other side of this, this part of the bracket. And we have another sweep. The Montreal Canadiens sweep the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, surprising. I think that no – the fact that the Montreal Canadiens shouldn't have even made the playoffs in a normal year, and then they win seven straight games and sweep the second round to make it to the final four. Like there's some sort of voodoo over that Hab C that they wear on their sweater because that shouldn't happen. They shouldn't be there. Now you can, you can kind of argue. I mean, I think it comes down to a couple of things. Carey Price is just in that zone of a goaltender where you don't even go and say hi to him anymore. You just kind of let him show up, do whatever he's going to do. If he stinks, he stinks. Like I say that if he smells bad because he's not showering because he's like, I haven't showered and we're winning, that's what it takes. Uh, but then you also got to think about did the Shifley suspension for four games really affect the outcome? Because Shifley is the Winnipeg Jets best player. He's their big offensive catalyst. And he also plays some pretty good defense. He's a, he's a good two way forward. So uh, I think those are the two storylines that you got to talk about with Montreal and, and Winnipeg. I mean, first of all, I think this is the first time in NHL history that a team has swept a team the first round, and the second round got their asses swept. <laughs> so, talking about more history, I mean, but look, Montreal, man, Kerry, what more do you want to say about Kerry Price? <laughs> he's a fucking legendary goalie. All The only thing he doesn't have is a cup, mm-hmm. and he's hungry for it. And Montreal, obviously, is hungry for it, too. Winnipeg, first of all, had did not have the guns for it. They did not have, like they said that you do not have the facilities for that to big button. You do not have the facilities to make it this far. Montreal has the the dogs. Winnipeg didn't. Montreal said, you know what? We got some young guys, but you know what? We have a top five goaltender in the back um, that is going to back our asses up every time we make a small mistake. And they said between Shea Weber and and Carey Price, both those dudes just after that. That's we talk about two guys who are hungry for a cup. That's it right there. Shea Weber, Shea Weber, all those years in Nashville, and he was part of that PK Subban trade. And then also talking about Carey Price, who is who has been hungry for a cup too. Both those guys want it. And and that's and they just were not letting anything happen. And man, Montreal, like I said, like I like I said last week, good forwards when you regular season games, good goaltending when you play off series. And this couldn't be more evident in this series. Um, Hella Buck just did not have it. Carey Price just stood on his head more, and, and Montreal said, we're just going to pour it on. We are just going to come at you full force. There was two goals. They had two goals after in game four after the first ten minutes. They were just fought, flat out flying around. And that's that's what you love to see, a hungry team, a young team that has a couple veterans that want a cup and just a bunch of young guys that say, you know what, let's step up and let's fly around. We got nothing to lose. 
we were expected to lose to uh, to um, to Toronto. Toronto. We were and Winnipeg was expected to lose to Edmonton. You know what? Why not? Why not shock the world? And this goes I goes exactly what I've been saying all along. Edmonton is the biggest shit show I've ever seen. You're telling me this this Jets team, this Jets team swept Edmonton, swept them. They couldn't get one game, one game. Connor McDavid, yeah. Leon Drysaddle. I mean, holy fuck! Like, 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 like. Put this in perspective. This is like, so this is like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George losing in the game or getting swept in the first round to um let's just say luca for for that matter and and the mavericks lose luca and they get swept in the next round and and people were like what the fuck just happened what the clippers do like 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 if you're edmonton like at this point (laughs) you can only have so many first round picks you don't have Taylor Hall to give you the good luck uh, mojo for the uh, um, the the Powerball lottery to to help you win number one overall picks anymore. You're not going to be getting that anymore. Like they might have to, they might have to break it up. They very well might have to break it up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'll we'll see McDavid and Drysaddle on the same team anymore because that's not working. The, the real downside is they don't have Ryan Whitney on the blue line anymore. That's the real downside. Even though they finished with the worst record in the league when Ryan Whitney was last on the Edmonton Oilers with Taylor Hall. Um, I was, I was, it was still, we mentioned it being a marquee goaltender battle. It still was. I think the most impressive thing about that series was Montreal winning game two by only scoring a shorthanded goal and then winning a one, nothing shutout. That's goaltending, but that's also like, I think you got to look at the Habs and go, they just have a bunch of young guys that don't understand. They're not supposed to be there. Like they just don't get it. They're well. Why am I not supposed to be here? I can still win. Like that's that's where we're we're at with the Habs, and good on them. I think they're going to get boat raced by whoever comes out of the West. But you had a good run, and like we said, that magical Habs voodoo that's on the sea, maybe carries a little bit more. Um, but this is not the first time that Montreal has been carried by a goaltending. Patrick Waugh in his rookie season took the Canadians from the eight seed all the way to the Stanley Cup final and won it. Um, so good on good on Montreal, and uh, if Vegas does end up winning the series in the West, I'm becoming a giant Canadians fan, and then I'll be a giant Tampa Bay fan again because Tampa Bay is coming out of the other side of the bracket. So let let's talk about them. I mean, they finished out their, I, I, their I, I, series. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind New York because I like all the Borelli stuff because that shit's funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're pretty impressive right now too. But let's let's move to the Central since that uh, series is wrapped up, and I mean. Vasilevsky is that dude. Vasilevsky is all world. That's that's all world caliber goaltender. I think he's Vesna. He's the Vesna winner. He's he's got it. And Braden Point also. Braden Point did not disappear in the second round. Braden Point is all offense. Nikita Kucherov, by the way, uh, seventeen points in ten games. Guy didn't play in the regular season. And he's got. That that should be a rule against that shit, man. Like like that's <laughs> like like I know we talk about like like. Uh, rest management or whatever but like that's just unfair bro like kucherov like 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 yeah he's he's rushing and he he, he fucking you know probably was fought, have had had trouble with his visa coming over and blah 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 but i mean come on bro like like you can't let that shit this dude fly. was healthy this dude was healthy dude for was 3 happy, months bro. and just and just watched the season he's like oh, no i feel 
Yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm. Give good. me some of that Russian gas and let the, let the sh- get the shit popping. Kucherov is unreal, dude. He spent the off season in Icarus over there. That's that's where he spent the off season oh, because man. what he's doing right now is insane. Um, in Tampa Bay, I think I'm not so sure. I I do think the winner of the West will make the final. I think that Stanley Cup final, if it is Tampa Bay and the West champion, that's going to be a barn burner. I think that's going to go six or seven. That's not going to be an easy win because you have the defending Stanley Cup champions. They they want to put their name on history. The last team to go back to back was the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2016 and 2017. They want that title. Victor Hedman wants another Stanley Cup. Vasilevsky wants another Stanley Cup. Everybody does. And what they did to Carolina, I mean, I have my doubts about Carolina coming out of the first round when you get pushed to six by a Nashville Predators team who has like two people and the rest are just scrubs, that shouldn't, that, that does not bode well for you being the one seed. And Carolina got, yeah, Carolina, it's time to raise another banner. Best barn, uh, second, made it to the second round of the playoffs. Your turn to raise a banner, buddy. Yeah. Well, they also, uh, they, I saw the Tampa Bay Twitter dunked on, we talked about Carolina dunking on Nashville, Tampa Bay dunked on Carolina because they had a fan that carried a sign that said Vasilevsky, I've had receipts that save more than you do. And then Vasilevsky proceeded to shut them out in the closeout game in game six, in game five. So oh, I think you pissed him off. You don't poke him. You, you just oh, leave no. him be. Let him go. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, wrapping up the Stanley cup playoffs, the New York Islanders, Boston Bruins, First time in this series that the home team did not win. The New York Islanders win in the garden, and now we got a 3-2 lead for the Islanders. Do you think that the Bruins return the favor and we're going to a game seven, or do you think that the Islanders have finally picked up enough momentum that they can close this thing out? Well, I mean, we're looking looking at the exact same way the series has gone for the Avs. This is this is this is tic tac tac tough. Don't want to be compared to the Boston I'm just, Bruins. I, I'm just I'm just saying. I, I had to point it out. It was obvious. I had to point it out. Um, Jim is but, laughing his ass off right now. But I mean, you know what? I'll say it goes seven because I want the Avs go seven. I'll say it goes seven because Boston still has Boston. But like, shout out Varley, bro. Like, I mean, Grubauer's been playing his ass off, so I can't complain about Grubauer at all. But Varley, man, put it on. I'm so happy to see him balling out because he is outplaying Tuka. Tuka, Tuka can't do anything right now. Tuka is getting his ass kicked, and the Islanders are just saying, you know what? We we know what Tuka is going to do. We are going to get in Tuka's head, and when Tuka is in Tuka's head, then the, the game is game over. <laughs> Boss is losing. And, and – yeah. I mean, Islanders now get to go back game six, go get to go home. Get, to, get to, I mean, they weren't expected to be here either. Um, people pick them to lose. I mean, might as well shock the world again. They're, they're a damn good team. Barzal has been firing. Anders Lee, um, talk about a damn good team. And their back line, Varley just wants it. Tuca doesn't. Varley fucking wants it. Yeah, and the Islanders, they're the best team in the league about making you play the game that they want to. Because I watched uh, game four when the Islanders were trying to even things up again. And they just baited for like a period. The Bruins looked solid and the Islanders lulled them to sleep. And then all of a sudden, that's the way that the Islanders like to play. A little like tough defense, fighting for pucks in the corner, and then rebound shots. And we talked about it with the Avalanche series. When you get rebound shots, good things happen. When you're continually crashing the net and you're getting three bodies at a time to the crease, you're, you increase your chances of scoring exponentially. And I was the biggest proponent of saying the Islanders can't score goals because they couldn't. 
and you know what i'm eating my words and that that just so happens to be that just so happens to be my downfall when i say you suck you're going to go on and win that's my guarantee because i said that winnipeg was going to beat montreal and uh, i'm over two over three on the night if you want to count what happened earlier so that's uh that's the end of we'll, we'll i'm gonna stop hurting myself talking about the stanley cup playoffs and let's talk about the nba playoffs because those that first round was competitive as hell that's one of the most competitive first rounds that i think i can remember um and we can start wherever, but I think uh, let's just go down down the bracket where we're at right now. Uh, did I'm gonna I have to refresh my page? Hold on, because I Utah did win tonight, right? Utah beat LA. Yeah, I, I, they they were they're playing late tonight. I think the game yeah. either is over or it's still finishing up. Um, but yeah, thirty-seven point seven left. Jazz are up one twelve one oh nine. So, I mean, we could see a, a game winner here, but talk about, let's talk about that Clippers Mavs series. First of all, get Lucas yeah. a fucking help. God damn. <laughs> I mean, we want to, we want to troll the hell out of Paul George. The real playoff P is, is Chris Hospital's God damn, man. I said this last week, get him some help. Luca dropped 47. <laughs> like, like What? Forty-seven in a game seven, and they lose by like I think it was like fifteen or something stupid like that. Like I mean, the Cl- I still I still have the Clippers losing to the Jazz because it's the Clippers and they'll fuck up somehow. Um, but I mean, it's I mean, good for them. Tyron Lou on, on the anniversary of him getting stepped over by Allen Iverson won a game seven on his home floor. I mean, it's not his home floor because it's the Lakers' home floor. Um, but damn, the Clippers, the Clippers Jazz series is going to be very interesting because if Utah doesn't have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley for a lot of the series, it could push to seven. Very well could push to seven. Fully healthy, Utah sweeps this team. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm straight up. Utah sweeps this team. Fully healthy, Utah is probably the best team in the West. I It, it, it pains me so much to say that. It pains me so much to say that. But they are. Like, like this team fully healthy is just a bunch of dogs. And the Clippers are a bunch of, bunch of uh, little puppies that are like little chihuahuas. No offense, Jimmy, to your little family's little chihuahua. But a bunch of little chihuahuas that, that just bark and yap the whole time. Yeah. No, they're uh... – they're just renting the Staples Center and they'll give it back once, you know, they lose in this round. But that was that series was crazy because the home team never won until game seven. There was not a home victory until game seven. I thought Dallas after they went up 2-0, I was like, oh, sweet. Oh, I thought it was over. We're, yeah, I was like, oh, we're going go. hey, to get to talk about the. Yeah, we're going to get to talk about the Flippers losing in the first round instead of the second round. That's going to be even better, even more fodder. Uh, but credit where credit's due. I didn't. I didn't watch a lot of that series, so I don't know how Paul George played. But hey, they, he didn't cost him that series. And Luca, he's I going mean, straight was, from he's going straight from this game to training for the Olympics, and then he's gonna go make all of the money. Mark Cuban oh, is just gonna print him all of the money. He is gonna get the bag. <laughs> he's gonna get all the bag. But the main X factor of that series was Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard said, fuck you to every single teammate of his and said, get the hell out of the way and I'm going to go. Like, I saw a stat, like, like the, I think this is the first, second time in NBA history that a person has shot 60% from the field and averaged over 35 points per game in a series. The only other person to ever do that was Shaq in 2001. And the radius of his average shot was two feet. 
Kawhi's Leonard's radius of average shot was 18. That means he was knocking down jump shots like no other. Like he was shooting at an unreal rate. And look, I won't, I, I, you can, I, I'll bash Paul George because he's never won anything. I'll bash Patrick Beverly because he never won anything. But I'll never say anything bad about, bad about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has, has brought two championships to two cities. He's trying to do it for a third. Only other person to do that is, is LeBron, I mean, LeBron James. So he'd be mm-hmm. an elite company for that. And Kawhi has, has been balling out. Look, it, it, it's, the question is, is, is Kawhi going to have to do this superhero stuff every night for the Clippers to win? And if so, then they're going to, then they have a good shot. But when Kawhi's having an off night, is Paul George going to be the guy to get step up? Is it going to be Reggie Jackson? This is going to be Ivica Zubac, like like the Clippers. They got they they got a good team, but man, it's it's going to be an uphill battle against Utah because I mean the ga- game just did go final, so Utah won by three. Um, so going yeah. down one zero, I expected I expect Utah to win this in five or six games. I'd say five honestly because I think they take one in LA and bo- keep both at home. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, forty five points, three rebounds, five assists. So Unreal. Spider's back. Spider's um, back. I did see. I was while I was scrolling through Twitter trying to cure my heartbreak after the Avs game. I did see uh, he was getting some pointers on the sideline from Dwayne Wade, so that furthers your uh, theory that somehow Donovan Mitchell is going to end his career in a Miami Heat jersey. Oh, it'll, uh, it'll happen know, somehow. He I don't know fans, where you got your information, but it seems like it's true. Heat he fans are are rolling in their grave because man, to think to see D Wade in Utah Jazz gear, you know how much that's got pain them. Like, like D-Wade is a heat lifer. That hurt them so much to see him in Chicago and Cleveland, and now he's in Utah. <laughs> like, what? Like, what the fuck? D-Wade in Utah? Man, Miami fans do not like that at all. No, that's a, a total total shift. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's damn good. I think if – obviously, I'm rooting for the Nuggets to go as far as they can. I think if the Nuggets don't win, then I'm going to be a Suns fan – and if somehow the Suns don't win the West, I guess uh, I don't really want to root for Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm rooting for whichever West team comes out. Obviously, I hope it's the yeah. Nuggets. If the Suns beat us, I'll tip my cap. But but I mean, that's it's I'll, I'll I'll root for the Suns because I mean the Suns are a fun team outside of a couple guys because fuck them. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Nuggets. And I don't think we actually got to mention that the Nuggets closed out the series. No, because we did this after Game Five. The Nuggets closed out a series before Game Seven. For the first time since 2009, (laughs) yep. I mean, we were in elementary school. It's been a long ass time, man. Like, it was so bittersweet, man. Because, like I said, a few years back, Portland beat us on our home court for Game Seven. You go back into Portland and beat them on their home court in Game Six because they were like, "Oh, we're gonna go back for Game Seven. We're gonna win. We're gonna win Game Six, and we're gonna beat your ass in Game Seven. Well, they forgot to worry about Game Seven, Game Six alone. And talk about guys ruining careers. <laughs> Doc Rivers fired. Terry Stotts fired. All because of the MVP. <laughs> I mean, talk. I mean, look. I love Nurkic. He was one of the first guys to congratulate Jokic because former teammates, Bosnian brothers, blah blah blah. I love Nurkic is a good guy. Don't get me wrong. But Nurkic had a very famous line after the, he kicked the Nuggets out of the playoffs in 2019. He said, "I hope the boys have a nice summer." Well, Nurk, have a nice summer, buddy. <laughs> Hope Cancun is treating you well. <laughs> yeah, no, he's got a lot of time to think of it, to get ready for next season now. Uh, but that was 
it, it legitimately turned into five on one because the Nuggets, they're winning games that they shouldn't. They're winning games with guys that shouldn't be on the court. We've said that a couple times. And Michael Malone has these, has these guys playing as a team. I think Nikola Jokic has a big factor to do that as well because when your best player also doesn't give a shit about being the best player, that, that goes a long way. That means that your team is just that much better. Uh, so I think that that series – this Denver culture is good. It's solid, and it's going to be here to stick around. Once we get fully healthy, watch out, and hopefully yeah. we can stay fully healthy. If we if we had Jamal Murray right now, we'd be the fucking favorite to win it all. Mm-hmm. Like like legit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not capping. Like like if Jamal Murray is fully healthy right now, like there's not a team the West that can stop us. I'm I'm just I mean I'm I'm biased. But tell me I'm wrong because this team with a two-way player and Marcus Howard who's been playing his ass off, uh, a guy in Austin Rivers who wasn't on a roster two months ago that got cut, um, talk, and then talk about Faku Capazzo, 30-year-old Argentinian. Like, that's, a, that's your backcourt. Will Barton's injured. Gary Harris is traded. Jamal's hurt. Um, and, and P.J. Doge is hurt as well. And that's your starting back. That's your starting backcourt, and you're beating – a top five, top three point guard in the league. That's all you need to know about Nikola Jokic. And that's all you need to know about what Michael Malone instills into this team. It doesn't matter. This is what, I mean, maybe Michael Malone needs to get in the Avs locker room and just have a speech and be like, we don't give a fuck about anyone else. We play our game. And, and, and when we are down, you're going to have to fucking put a bullet in our head while we're in the casket because we're not going away without swinging. And that's exactly what this Nuggets team does. Like, they don't care what the stigma is. They don't care what um, who you think's going to win, who your favorite player is. They're going to come out and say, fuck your opinions. We have our own agenda that we're going we're gonna to step to the beat our own, our own drum. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, he's not going to be – actually, he – yeah, he's not going to be available because uh, the Nuggets are playing, as you guys are listening to this now tonight – Chances you give the Nuggets to split out in the Valley? Do you think that they they can steal game two? This team is this team is uh, juiced. After seeing MV, Jokic win MVP, there's a little bit of extra bonus in that. And also, game one we have we, we were winning that game, and yeah. we t- we we were taking. I mean, talk about. I mean, look. First of all, everybody's saying that the refs did a terrible job. It wasn't the refs' fault? The Nuggets were taking bad shots, bad shots, and and. They were not driving to the bucket like they were in the first half, and they were not going through contact. They were settling for open jumpers and just contested shots, and it just bit them in the ass. And all Phoenix did was have McHale fucking Bridges drop 30 and, and have Jay Crowder play hard. And then, of course, Devin Booker, the god he is, stepped up at the end. It's the same with Chris Paul. Um, but, man. I'm going this, – this series is going to take years off my life because I have a lot of friends that are Phoenix Suns fans. And a lot of our – obviously a lot of our followers on Twitter and Instagram are, are Suns fans also. Um, so it's, 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 it's like I got to be careful because I love Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. It's cool to see them play well. But, like, I, I got to root against you. I've come to realization, Devin Booker, I'll root for you, whatever. Chris Paul can suck it. Like Chris Paul's already on my nerves. Chris Paul's on my nerves and Jay Crowder on my nerves. Those are public enemy number one and number two. Last series, I mean, Damian Lillard was doing unreal things. How nice is it, though, to not have to watch Damian Lillard on the floor? Like, like, like at at points, I was like, holy fuck, we match up so much better with this team. Like, they don't have a god. 
they don't have Austin Rivers to... isn't praying for him to miss a <laughs> shot anymore. <laughs> like it's it's just a different story. And man, it's game game one. We had it, we had it, and then the dreaded third quarter just happens. But you know what? It's still same goal of mine. I said this before game one was all you have to do is win one game, get home court back. Win one game because when you return to Ball Arena for Game Three, when the MVP trophy will be gifted to Nikola Jokic, that arena will be buzzing. All you gotta do is win one, and then come back home, get two, and then you're looking at the dreaded three-one lead. <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Um, I also have a, a few good friends that are big Suns fans. My buddy Garrett lives out there in Phoenix, and we decided once we won in six, and they won in six. We, we had a, a sit down and we were like, listen, fuck you for the next seven games. But after that, we're still going to be best friends. But exactly. I, mean, exactly. I, I hate you for these next five, seven games. Like, like a guy we had on our show, Jonas Arshaw, JP, got engaged this past weekend. His girlfriend or his fiance is from Arizona. She's a huge Suns fan. I told her, I'm like, I'm glad you're married to my or engaged to my friend, but we're not friends. Like, I'm not, we're not, we're not on speaking terms. That's just the way it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll we're t- not I'll- watching the game together. <laughs> that ain't happening. This ain't gonna work. I, I'm, I'm gonna be chirping to Jonah, and then you can be over there on the side, and I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> Just, just leave me alone. Leave me alone to be. Um, but yeah. And by the way, let's. I kind of want to talk about. Did you have any thoughts about what LeBron said in his end of season press conference? Did you find that odd at all? Uh, no, because there was, there was. I mean, there was no shot he was playing in the Olympics. Like that, there, there's zero chance that was happening. Um, so I'm not surprised at that at all. Um, I knew he, he. I mean, he obviously didn't fucking care about this playoff series. Like it's the first time in his. Career that he's ever lost in the first round of playoffs, and obviously it isn't his fault because Anthony Davis was injured, and I don't want to hear about the injury fucking excuse because the injury excuse is out the door because because what teams are able to do, but Phoenix was just flat out better, flat out better. The the the, the Lakers were trash, like garbage. You don't know how many drinks I had on. I think it was it was Friday. Friday night, the Nuggets clinched and the Lakers lose. Only the span of like four hours. You have no idea how happy that made me. That is just like, 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 look, look, look people want to say, well, get over it. It's the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. You live in Denver, you hate the Lakers. It's just the way it is. The Rockies fans hate the Dodgers. Um, Nuggets fans, or sorry, Broncos fans hate the Raiders. Nuggets fans hate the Lakers. Like, that's just the way it is. That's just the way we've been taught. That's the way I've been growing up. Fuck the Lakers. And and they got gifted the best a top two player of all time, maybe the GOAT. And they had no no chance at all being in the playoffs. Like that's why the plan was such a great idea. Because they don't those games at the end of the season made meant something. Years past the Braun got to sit his ass out and same with Anthony Davis, and they had to play meaningful games to save the playoffs. And and that's what you need. Because we're not in a because look the four best teams in the West are in are in the final four. I, I as much as I hate the Clippers, they're they're the fourth best team. Like it's it's Utah, Phoenix, Denver, and LA are the four best yep. teams in the West. There is no doubt about that. Like everyone else was not as not at that level at all. Lakers weren't all season. Golden State was not that at all. Um, and the Lakers losing was bittersweet. 
It was good to see Lakers have, have fun in Cancun. I hope LeBron and Steph Curry are having fun on their little banana boat in Cancun because I'm still enjoying my team in the NBA playoffs. No, LeBron's got to go train for the Goon Squad. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever to promote that movie. Yeah. Um, do you think this cheapens their championship from last season? Oh, man, I want to say no because the bubble was so taxing. Like, they had a good team last year. LeBron's healthy. Anthony Davis healthy. Good, good, good team. But, like, they were yeah. far worse this year. Far worse this year. And Frank Vogel is not a good coach. He's not a good coach. He was he, – he, I mean, he wasn't even playing Montrez Harrell, who, who was a big-time player in the playoffs last year. Um, he was relying on Dennis Schroeder to run the offense. Kuzma, Kuzma can't do shit. Kuzma is – I've been saying this for six months now. Kuzma is El Baño. El Baño. Like, the, the dude, is, dude is nothing. The, the fact they kept him over Brandon Ingram still blows my mind. Um, yep. But, yeah, the Lakers are going to have to do some soul searching. I saw something really, really interesting. Or is like the Lakers' title window is closed. And I would agree because yeah. talk about – look, because we're going to go past this, this year. Talk about next year. The Nuggets are going to be full. Utah is damn good. Phoenix, look what they're doing. Utah, like, gold, like Golden State, like, like their championship winner in the West, it's closed, I would think. Like, they're going to need to do a lot this offseason. And Anthony Davis, as much hype as he gets, he, first of all, this, this may be a hot, 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 hot opinion to other people, but it's not to me. Anthony Davis is not a top five player in the NBA. I've seen him on so many lists. Where the fuck do you get off? Man, he hasn't won a playoff series without Ray Rondo. He is he he is like like he is the epitome of a Robin. He can't do anything himself. And he's barely a Robin. So I don't want to hear yeah. about Anthony Davis is better than first of all, not better than Jokic, not better than Embiid either. He is not better than those two. No, and he's never been the guy to win a playoff. Like even when they were winning in the bubble last year, he was he always won one the second game, he can't – yeah. I remember when he won that one game, but he was always – if the other guy wasn't on the floor, if LeBron wasn't on the floor to take pressure away from Anthony Davis, you can pretty much shut down. He's the softest seven-footer that I think has ever played in the NBA. Oh, 100%. I mean, you can put Porzingis in that in that conversation too, um, but, yeah, but AD, yeah. AD is pretty close, yeah. The way Porzingis plays, I forget that he's seven-foot. <laughs> it's literally that, that dude-perfect meme where yeah. the seven-footer only shoots three. He's, it's the seven foot. It's the tall dude that's shoot, the only wants to shoot and doesn't do anything. Yeah, uh, one more shot to take at the Lakers. I saw this on Twitter and it made me laugh. Uh, Friday, Michael Porter Jr. is what Lakers fans think Kyle Kuzma is. Oh yeah, well, and I'll just leave it there. That's where I'm just gonna leave it. Uh, let's move over to the Eastern Conference and uh, let's start with the Philadelphia Atlanta series because that actually just got evened up tonight too. Uh, 76ers split their games in Philly. And Embiid, Embiid dropped 40, 40, 13, and 2. Trey Young is still, I mean, balling out. But I, I heard a lot of chatter about the switch that was going to be made and they were going to start putting Ben Simmons on Trey Young, which is just physically that's a matchup nightmare. I don't know necessarily how you feel about whether or not that's a mismatch in favor of Ben Simmons. But what, what did the 76ers do to get themselves? Because honestly, they could have won game one. I think they just ran out of time game one. And then this game, they come back when 118-102. Did we maybe overhype what the Hawks are? Do we just put a little bit too much into what Trey Young is? 
I want to say no, but I mean, the Hawks, first of all, they were rolling against Philly in the first half. They were smacking them around. And then Philly woke mm-hmm. up in the second half. And then game two here, Atlanta did the Atlanta did the exact same almost. We were we were a tie game for most of this, most of this game, and Atlanta was punching back and forth. Gallo, shout out Il Capo, he was balling out for them. Like they were they were playing really well. Um, but Philly has has the dogs. That's the unfortunate part about it. Philly has the dogs, and I don't understand why Doc Rivers didn't decide to put Ben Simmons on Trey Young after the first game after he cooked your ass that badly doc rivers is one of I mean, oh, here we go here's some uncharted territory doc rivers is one of the most overrated coaches in my opinion in nba history he was gifted the big three in boston besides that he's never won anywhere and count clip talking about the clippers in boston he didn't do anything until kg and and ray allen came over um and then he did not he's obviously struggled with philly so like I don't know. Doc Rivers is not, I don't think he's the guy. I think he's, he, he takes too long to do adjustments. He says, you know what, well, we're going to roll with what we do best, but like playoff series, it's one game at a time. It is okay. They beat us this way. Or like it's, it's one, it's one quarter, one half at a time. Cause okay. That's what Michael Malone has done such a great job with. He's like, he's made adjustments on the fly. You, you run your offense differently. Game one to game seven. Like it, it is completely different because after playing a team more than two times, they know exactly what you're doing. So you have to figure something out, change different things up. And Doc Rivers, I mean, they got lucky because Washington is, is a shit show too, and they got blown by them. But I think Atlanta could push this series to, to longer than Philly would like to. I mean – Talk about what Trey Young did in New York. Also, New York was chanting, "We want Brooklyn after Game One or Game Two. How yeah. funny is that? Shit? Still don't know how to bracket. Still don't know how the bracket works, but that's okay. Man, that was that was hilarious. You're putting yeah. in some good effort, Knicks fans. Yeah, Trey Young's a bucket though. I I love his game. He's he he plays the villain so well. The bow. Dude. The, the chirping to the Philly fans. I love it. I love all the competitive attitude. I mean, I hate it if I was opponents, <laughs> but like as, as someone that doesn't have a dog in that series, I love it. I think that you got to respect the guy for it because he's done it ever since he was in high school. He was the villain. He was the villain, at, uh, kind of the villain at Oklahoma. Everybody knew who he was. And then he's kind of re-embraced that role. I really, I don't think that the winner of that series is going to come close to touching Brooklyn. Brooklyn just looks like that team right now. Brooklyn's the Eastern Conference champion, and now that I'm saying that, they're going to get beat by Milwaukee in seven. But that'd be you nice. Know, I'd, I'd really hope that. So Brooklyn in four. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Brooklyn in four. Blake Griffin can dunk still, by the way. If if you still thought that he couldn't, he can dunk. He's dunking on over on everybody. And uh, yes, James Harden is hurt. James Harden is hurt, but they still have two other guys that can drop 35 a night. Poor, poor Detroit, man. God damn, poor Detroit. They got well, hey, run hey, muck. Blake, Blake Griffin did get them to the playoffs in 2019 when he had the best year of his career. And then he was like, why the fuck am I here? And then said, I'm, I'm going to take a few seasons off until I can leave. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to take mean, as like, much time off until you fire me. Exactly. But, man, the Bucks, man, I guess the Super their, their NBA championship was sweeping the heat. I guess that was their NBA championship because they said – well, we, that's all we cared about. We don't – because we're going to get our ass kicked by Brooklyn anyways. They have not shown up. Drew Hawley, not there. Chris Middleton, not there. Neither of those two have been there. only person that's done anything is, is Giannis and fucking Brent mm-hmm. Forbes. Like, like the Bucks, like, man, Giannis, 
Giannis, Giannis needs to do something to help him out because, like, it's like they, they got to figure something out. Brooke Lopez is not it. And how many year after year is I mean, talk about a, this. A, this would be four years in a row. Yeah, like like the Bucks are they've been a top three seed in the East for four, I think all four all four of those years, and yeah. here we are again talking about them not making the conference finals. Like this is like this is getting to a choke standpoint. I I think it was it's it's past choke standpoint because you put up eighty six points in game two, like there there are high school teams that hit eighty six points, and we talk about Brooklyn that they can't play defense well. I don't know how you only score 86 points, but in my, so I've been, I've been broadcasting with radio and, and podcasting for all those four years, every single year that I've been having some sort of sports talk show, I've been having to talk about Milwaukee as one of the top seeds in the Eastern conference. And as a, as disappointed as I am as an avalanche fan for the last few years, fans in Wisconsin, you guys are just going through it right now oh, because man, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to your other guy later because that's a story in and of itself. And we're coming up on an hour. So we're going to have to get over to the break, but I feel, I feel for you. It's, Milwaukee, it's rough. It's getting bad. Back. And you don't have anything to do because it's so cold there for 18 months out of the year. It's just, it's awful. Could be worse, right? Just, That's what you got to think about. Could be worse for us. We're enjoying life yeah. over here still a little bit, even if it's not fully. We're enjoying some things. Walking, yeah. If, anything. if I get knocked out in the second round of the playoffs this year, I still have 95 degree weather that I can go outside and do something in. And uh, a basketball player, that, the best basketball player in the world. There you go. Yeah. And then I get to start worrying about how the Bengals are going to break my heart this year if the Avalanche lose. So it's all good. It's all good. It'll get better. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into the break because we're at about an hour. And uh, we'll hear from a message from our partners over at Fanatics. And then we'll come back and we'll wrap this thing up with our segments. And then we, we'll get to some NFL discussion because we've had that on the list for the last couple of weeks. And we haven't got to it because, you know, playoffs. But playoffs, we'll come man. back with playoffs. that. Playoffs. Playoffs. Play- playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. In the infamous words of Jim uh, Jim Mora, playoffs. But uh, let's let's get to this break, and we'll be, we'll be right back with more far end of the bench on the Unhinged Sports Network. Bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network, we have business to tend to. We are still partnered with Fanatics, the home for any kind of sports merchandise that you can think of. And Nico, tell the people what they can find if they go to the Fanatics app in our bio at FEOTB Pod. We got so much stuff you can get off Fanatics right now. NBA playoffs are about to start. NHL playoffs are starting as well. Both teams, you can get any of your gear from Fanatics. Go get your jersey of fair team. If your team wins this a cup, go get your Fanatics gear. Uh, go get uh, go get the championship gear on Fanatics, excuse me. Um, we have baseball starting up as well. Our Rockies aren't the best, but you know what? There's all-star game gear on Fanatics. So if you're in the Colorado area, you want to go get um, some all-star game gear, go to the Fanatics, our Fanatics shop. And as well, man, the NFL draft just started. I know Jimmy's got his Joe Burrow jersey. Why don't you go get a Jamar Chase one now, those icy whites, or Go get yourself a Trevor Lawrence jersey, Justin Fields, or even if you're a Bronco fan, get you a Pastor's stand number two. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. If you're a sports fan and you're not getting merchandise from Fanatics, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. It's the best place to get all geared up, anything that you could want, any sport, any team, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as well. Nico, the best part about 2021 and things starting to open back up again has to be... I mean, it's the bars opening up, man. We got the Nugs and Avs in the playoffs. And where, where else am I going to go watch them than our friends up at High Alpine Brewing, don't you think? 
I mean, it's a lot better than the alternative that we had to do last year, sitting at home watching by yourself and drinking beer. Now you can go out to one of the best, youngest breweries on the western slope of Colorado, out there in Gunnison, the High Alpine Brewing Company, and you can enjoy a great handcrafted beer brewed in the back of the brewery, actually. They hand-brew all of their different recipes that are on the menu, get a nice pizza, sit down and watch some playoff basketball or playoff hockey with, I think, one of the coolest communities in the state of Colorado. They also just opened up their patio seating, so be sure to go check out Scott and the High Alpine Brewing Company. You can check them out on social media at High Alpine Brew, and if you're ever in that area, it'd be worth the drive to go take a little bit of a scenic route to Gunnison and enjoy a nice cold beer and some playoff sports with High Alpine Brewing Company. Welcome back, bench warmers. Let's uh, let's get back. And we haven't actually talked about NFL in a couple of weeks, which is weird for me to say because that's all I really ever care about watching is the NFL. Uh, but we had two major stories, not necessarily on the field in OTAs. Obviously, if you're watching, you're paying attention to your team, you're paying attention to the OTA stories. Um, but these are both off-field stuff. And the Julio Jones situation is interesting just because of the way everything happened leading up to it and the fact that Shannon Sharp was facing legitimate prison time for what he did. Uh, that was crazy. So let's, if you didn't see it, Shannon Sharp was on Undisputed with Skip Bayless. He decides that he's going to call Julio Jones on the phone and ask him how he feels about his situation. Problems with this are, and I know you know this with your your law classes that you had to take for your business degree. I know this just as a good person. When you're recording somebody or they're on a live broadcast where they have no filter to get out to the audience, you got to tell them. You got to tell them. That's just being a good person. You got to tell them. Let alone the fact that it's written into law that if you don't tell somebody and you record them without their knowledge, if they press charges, you could be facing up to three years in jail which would be hilarious because then Shannon Sharp would get, they would, I was listening to part of my take and they had a funny scenario. We would get the Bobby Shmurda undisputed sessions with Shannon Sharp in the calling collect the prison. The prison. Cell. That'd be He's hilarious, like, honestly. You have a collect call from San Quentin. Yeah, no, skip, skip. This is what's going on now. Skip, skip, skip. Now skip. Yeah. This is, now skip, skip, skip. Skip, sorry. My cellmate's coming back. I, I got to let you go. Um, but that was, I mean, Julio obviously needed out and the fact that they weren't able to get a first rounder for him, I know he's older and he's dealt with some injuries, but I still think Julio Jones could garner maybe one first rounder or at least two second rounders. Um, but he ends up going to Tennessee, which is interesting. He's playing with AJ Brown. So that's automatically a way better receiving core, but the Titans don't use the receiving core. It's yeah. still a turn the ball take the snap, turn around, and Derrick Henry the ball, and let's see what happens. I mean, you got to think, like, like maybe the offense will open up more. Because, like, even even if Julio doesn't not get as many touches as he did in Atlanta, like, there's, he's still on the field. So he's still a target. Like, it, it's it's you still have to keep an eye on him. You still have to make sure your safety over the top is looking at number two now. This is wearing number two. Um, make sure you keep an eye on him. But, man, look – Talk about some weird scenarios. Why did Atlanta not do this before the draft? Because, yeah. because look, first round picks are good. Like a second round draft picks are good, but they're not seeing that for a full calendar year. They should have tried to pull the trigger before. You knew they knew they're getting Kyle Pitts. 
I mean, everybody knew that was happening. They didn't know what was going to happen with three and how, like, how that was going to work out. But everyone knew what four was going to do. And after that, like, it's it just like it. Like, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't do it before the draft. Why they didn't figure out something how to do that. And then talk about Atlanta, like second and fifth. There's 31 teams in the NFL right now, or 30 teams in the NFL that are kicking themselves that they that Julio Jones was only worth a second and a fifth. Like, like, like the Colts should have pulled that trigger. Like the Ravens should have pulled that trigger. The Packers sure as hell should have pulled that trigger. Like, like they should have figured something out to help him. Like, it's just like, 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 like Aaron Rodgers, like if, if you get Julio Jones, maybe it didn't help, but that's, that, that's like, that's at least putting some cherries on top of the pie. Right. I mean, the pay, the pie may taste it's like a, shit still, yeah, but like at least a shit sandwich, on but, top, right? Yeah. <laughs> look over here. Look, 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 look. Oh man. It's, it's strange because they're bringing in a Arthur Smith his first year as an NFL head coach and you just traded away his biggest offensive weapon. I know you drafted Kyle Pitts. I know that he's physically very similar to Julio Jones, but he's not Julio Jones. Julio Jones is regarded by other receivers in the NFL as the best receiver in route running wise, catch radius wise, making plays after the catch. Julio Jones is a top five receiver when he's healthy. Still, even at 31. 100%. I mean, the Falcons now, I mean, trade Matt Ryan too. Like, might might as fucking well. Like uh, for Matt Ryan, what is what is your thought process behind keeping Matt Ryan? There is none. Like 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 you look. I mean, maybe keep him for one more year because you're trying to tank this year so you can get a top five pick and get a quarterback next year. I guess is their thought process is he he's going to be the bridge until we get a quarterback next year because obviously Atlanta. I mean, they're the. I mean, I would say fourth best team in that division. They're, like, I would say Carolina's better than them. Like, because like, it's, it's Tampa, it's New Orleans, them and, and Carolina. I think Carolina getting CMC back is better than them. So, like, I don't I don't know what Atlanta's thinking process is. They should have pulled the trigger on trading him because, I mean, apparently it was noted that he didn't want to, want to be traded a month ago. So why the fuck did you not do it before the draft? It makes no you're sense. Not gonna see it those really picks. doesn't. You, you, yeah, you're not going to see those picks until next year. Like, it, I, I mean, good for Tennessee. Like, it's going to – I hope they use the hell out of him because that offense is going to be so fun, it's fun to watch. But, like, their defense still sucks. That's like, that's bad for manage, front office management. That's yeah. – it's some of the worst. I mean, we saw one of the worst here with our baseball team in Brightage. But this is just – you bring in a first-year head coach who's never been a head coach before. And oh, we're gonna keep Matt Ryan, who I still think, like, if yeah, you Matt give Ryan him tools so around him, yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna you're just gonna waste him as a bridge guy because you you totally botched everything. Like you had all you had to do was catch one thing, and they were like, oh, 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 oh. I don't know what happened. And you had a twenty-eight to three lead. <sighs> Only if yeah, Atlanta sports since that moment have just been awful. Like there has like not said, been a silver lining. Like I said, it could be worse for us here in Denver. <laughs> could be worse. Because then you, you got to think about the Georgia National Championship against Alabama happening yeah. after that game, too. <laughs> so there's been oh. no – ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Ain't no sunshine in Atlanta at all. Ugh. Uh, and then let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Still no movement. But uh, he, for the first time in 16 years, he's not showing up to Packers OTAs. And the Packers and, do have the ability to find him 
90 plus thousand dollars for missing these workouts? I'm pretty sure they are too. I think I saw some, I'm pretty sure. I think I saw somewhere where they are, which doesn't help at all. Like, like that's, I mean, that's not doing anything to help like, the situation. Like what makes it even worse was Devontae Adams and what he said today. They asked him, he was like, well, what do you think of Aaron Rodgers not being here? He was like, I got my quarterbacks back. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean for the Packers fans? That means his ass is gone next year too. Like he'll retire so quick too. He's not going to stand with Jordan Love. Like, look, it doesn't matter if Jordan Love is next, whatever. He is not going to stand up for a second quarter, second year quarterback when Devontae Adams is a top five, arguably, receiver in the game right now. Like, yeah. he's not going to stand for that. He'll go somewhere else. And the fact he said it blatantly in his press conference, saying, I back my quarterback over the team. That's, that's, a, that's a pot being cooked. That's a stir in the pot if I've ever seen it. Yeah. That's a what's brewing, and, and we're oh, not yeah. even at what's brewing at this point. Uh, they also botched everything this offseason with the way they handled Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is probably going to get out. Letting Corey Lindsley, who is the best center in the NFL, walk. First-team all-pro offensive lineman that anchors your offensive line. I, what? You wish for those guys. You hope and dream that people like – you hope and dream people like that show up. Or you hope and dream like people like Garrett Bowles somehow figure it out because those are the two ways that you get all pro offensive linemen. They either come into the league and they are one or they get developed into one and you let one of the unicorns walk out of the stable and you're like, oh, bye. And not even a, no, no, can we just, who's who's in charge of the gate? Who's in charge of the gate letting people walk? Packers just keep fumbling the bag one day after another, man. It's like, I don't, like Aaron Rodgers is gone. Like he's never fe- stepping foot onto that um, facility ever again. Like his locker's already cleaned out. He's f- said, fuck you. I'm gone. I'm going to go host Jeopardy. Got to go have some fun um, with my beautiful fiance who lives in Boulder, <laughs> Boulder um, a year in a year out. And then also, also party with Miles Teller as he gets his ass kicked in my, in, in Maui. <laughs> so yeah. look, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers like gives zero fucks. Like you're either, Aaron Rodgers is like, fine, I'm gone. You want, you don't want to get anything from me. I'll go enjoy my life because he can do whatever he wants. Like, like he's he, he doesn't need to prove anything else anymore. He's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He's still a Hall of mm-hmm. Famer. He has records. Like, he's won a Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, he should have won more. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. The only person, yeah, that, so you, that, the only person that is in a pickle here is the Green Bay Packers. And if they just let him walk without getting anything in return, and you your star quarterback that you traded up for last year turns out to be nothing, then you're done for. Like this organization has been set back 15 years. Yeah, I mean Super Bowl. Yeah, I won't go 15 years, but like 10 years at max. Oh, it's gonna be bad for a while. It's gonna be worse than the bad years with Favre. That's how. That's how this is shaping up to be. And the guy has so much trade value right now. Think of his career stats. Yeah, I agree with you. He's a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, three-time NFL MVP. He's legitimate. He's been consistently for. 14 years that he's been a starter in the NFL, 13, 14 years that he's been a starter in the NFL, always one of the top. I don't know. I think there's only like a handful of seasons at most that they didn't make the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. 
And no, I think we can talk about injuries, their playoff too. disasters. Yeah. yeah. We, we, could t- we could talk about their playoff disasters, but we've seen how bad the front office is. So obviously that can't be put squarely on Aaron Rodgers' back. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane how this thing is playing out. I was originally saying that they weren't going to find him the $93,000 that they're able to. I didn't know that they had just decided, you know what? That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I thought I saw somewhere that they were, that there was a good chance they were. I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but I think there was a good chance that they were. I'm going to have to find some Green Bay radio show and do some research because if they are, I am just going to laugh at how little Aaron Rodgers cares. He went full Northern Cali. He's just, he's just hanging out, dude. Just living life, living loving, life. loving every second of it. That's that's all he's doing. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the big things in the NFL. Not too much else to report. Um, I mean, Jawan James did get signed, but he's out for the year with an Achilles injury, anyways. So, and, and, and Broncos. Uh, is he suing the Broncos or something? I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with him suing the Broncos, but I think that the Broncos should be able to counter sue for those first two years of his contract. I mean, the uh, dude played sixty snaps for fucking thirty million dollars. Like, like that's 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 all. The work if you said. can get it. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's transition. Let's get into our partnership segments, and uh, this is going to be fun because we don't normally you, you get to see what I'm what I'm bringing. And we kind of have an idea of what we're going to talk about. But right now we don't because we recorded, we're recording late. I had a busy day at work, so I wasn't able to get my full outline done. So let's get into our partnership segments. First up, What's Brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Uh, follow them on Twitter, Instagram at High Alpine Brew. You can also follow them on Facebook because they're out there. It's a great time. It's hot. And the best way to cool off is by getting a beer and sitting on the patio. And High Alpine has one of the best venues to do so. Um, so tell me what's brewing. What's what's been on your mind for this past week in in sports? I mean, I talked about the PLL last week. First of all, my Woods are two zero. Shout roll Woods, baby. Uh, two yeah, the dogs are struggling. Florida dogs are struggling, but um, there's there's some uh, there's some beef. Uh, there's some interesting things going on in the hotel. So for anyone that that obviously is new to the league or whatever, all it's a traveling league. There isn't like home cities. It's like the big three. They have teams, and they all travel to each city. Like, I think they're in Atlanta this weekend. And they're all in the same hotel, and they all see each other every day for, like, five days. And, man, oh, man, did did anyone think that that was just going to fly without anyone fighting with one another? Like, I watched the PLL last year. First of all, two teams that neither of us are fans of, but I watched their games, obviously. The Chrome and the – um. Chaos, no, 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 it's a chaos. Yeah, Chrome and the Chaos are two teams that last year like dropped gloves twice during the season. Uh, They were not happy at all with the bubble. They were fighting with their blah blah blah. Well, Matt Goddett, who of the uh, of the Chaos and owner of 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 the the Chrome, yeah, yeah, Matt Goddett of the Chrome apparently bit off a finger <laughs> got his I, finger I, bit off got his finger bit off I, it was it was wacky it was weird i was just like what in the world because because when because i i mean i watched the games all weekend and then you you told me about the story and i was like wait what i was i was because like, i saw the suspension happen i was like well, what the fuck happened and then the picture of the guy's finger like what are we doing? I mean, look, I'm a lax bro till 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 death, but like, 
that's taking a little bit too far. And I guess, I mean, I guess we got, I mean, that, that puts people butts in the seat and we're, we're, I mean, we're brewing some controversy, right? What sports leagues without a little bit of controversy, without a little bit yeah. of beef. I mean, I, like, I, I'm going to keep watching the, the league. It's been a lot of fun. This Boston, the, my woods are two and zero. I think I think the woods play uh, the dogs either next week or the following week. So I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, um, but I'll definitely be chir- we'll be definitely be chirping about that one a little bit. But yeah, it was it was it was a weird weird scenario. <laughs> I don't know how that happens when you're in a street fight in a hotel, unless unless the lax bros. You know, I, I'm gonna get shit for this, but this is good why we're doing this over zoom unless you're fighting like this and somehow your finger gets caught in somebody's mouth hey we locker just... box before any, any of my last ones out there know what locker boxing is and how you, how you box with your helmet and gloves on we, we, just keep your you. keep your fists closed don't have your hands extended at all that's, nothing that's good true. happens um yeah that's i i was gonna I, I was listening to part of my take and i that was even my message i was like i'm listening part to part of my take and they said some dude in the PLL got his finger bit off. Is that legit? And you were like, uh, "You got suspended." I don't know. But I was like, "Yeah, I had no idea." <laughs> it was uh, it was this finger. It was the middle finger too. So it wasn't like a pinky where it just oh, comes off really stub. easily. He's got a yeah. stub too. Oh, that's weird. How do you? How are you gonna hold the pole now? Because you know you only got half of that one finger. Pause, pause on that. We haven't said pause in a while. Pause on that one. How are you gonna? Grip Should the have pole? been saying pause. <laughs> we were just too tired last week. That's fair. Um, fair. Uh, my what's brewing is going out to the MLB, and I don't know if you saw this story come out this morning. It makes me pretty upset to see, but the Red Sox and Yankees had their first series of the season this weekend. The Red Sox swept the Yankees, but there was uh, some like nine-year-old Red Sox oh, fans, and they were hilarious. they were heckling because yes, their team won and they swept the series. I think the Red Sox are better than the Yankees this year, anyways, and that hurts me to say. But then some. Bimbo, some 20, like 20 something year old Bimbo in a Yankees jersey turns around. And the only thing, this is, I, I'm a guilty of this as well. The only thing that uh, Yankees fans can still say is 27 rings, 27 rings. So there was a video coming out of that game, that series this weekend of the some grown ass woman chirping some nine year old kids just trying to enjoy their team winning a big game. 27 rings. 27 rings, ah, we suck. Uh, as a Yankees fan, as a representative of the Council of the Yankees fans, we suck. Oh, that was so funny. First of all, as a kid that was like that, I mean, I've been to opposing arenas when I was a kid, and I chirped the fuck out of people. I, I, you know, and the, me and my dad got – I mean, talk about – if you want to go back to the Chris Anderson episode, my dad and I have a funny um, story about me in Dallas <laughs> with Chris and everything. That was hilarious, but, like – on the road, three little kids, man. I, I mean, like, I, I don't like Boston sports. There's no doubt we, neither of us like Boston sports on the show. There's there's no hiding it. But, like, I love it when kids – I mean, if you get a parent to start chirping at some, three, some like, 10-year-old kids, they win because they got a reaction out of an adult for, for, for chirping and just enjoying the team. Like – I like if I see a like I mean I hate the Lakers but like if I see a little Lakers fan in front of me I'm not gonna chirp him out like if he's a ten year old kid like he doesn't know better like I just let him go like you you won yeah. if your team won you won like I'll let it go but like <laughs> what is your thought process behind that 
like like there's nothing good that'll come out of that yeah i was just about to say that nothing good happens nothing good happens And and the fact that the, the thing that makes it worse is that she looked like the kind of baseball fan that just showed up with a Yankees jersey because she's like, oh, I've heard of that team before. Their boyfriend. I don't even think she. Right? Yeah. Or I. She wasn't with. She wasn't with a boyfriend. Can't wonder why. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was a bad look. I have some egg on my face. A lot of egg on my face this week. Hey, at least your bad. fan. At least your fan didn't get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> So I'm also a fan worse. of that team, so <laughs> it could be worse. I'm taking L's all season and baseball season. That's I resigned myself to that fact. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Um, let's break up off the hinges and, and let's go into because we didn't do most dominant team of the week, and I and I do want to get to that. Um, and I'll my my most dominant team of the week is the Montreal Canadiens and what they were did did I take yours? Yeah, take mine. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All I'll, right. I'll take something else. The fact that they were able to win seven in a row with the team that they have, I, I they do have some good leadership in the back end, but their forwards are all like 18-year-old puppy dogs. Their playoff beards are worse than mine right now. It, that's how young this team is, and they're dominating. They dominated a team that beat what was supposed to be the highest, most potent offense in the NHL, and they did it in four games. Granted, it was without their best player, but they proved that that probably wouldn't have mattered all that much. I think Montreal was winning the series no matter what. Oh, no doubt about that. Montreal was fucking balling. So my most dominant team of the week, because because like I said, we didn't see ours. So I'll 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 change my. I'm going to Brooklyn Nets. This this there's not a team. Not, there's not a person. Not a, not a team that's stopping these guys. Like like it, it's it's their NBA championship to lose. If they somehow lose before they get there, it's it's going to be one of the biggest upsets we've ever seen. They are roll. They are treating Giannis like a like their four year old stepbrother, <laughs> like 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 they are pushing him around. They are just bullying everybody. They bullied the Celtics too. Celtics just had Jason Tatum who could who who won them one single game. Like this this Brooklyn team is unreal, man. It's I mean Steve Nash is gonna win a ring, <laughs> so there's a bright spot about it. But like this is it's just, they are rolling through people. Yeah, and it's funny because we are so in sync that we had the opposite. If you would have taken Montreal first, I probably would have gone with Brooklyn. So yeah. uh, why this is why we have a, a sports show together. Uh, but now let's get back into our partnership segments. And the next one is Off the Hinges, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. And also be sure to check out the Fighting for a Dream series. Uh, the next episode got delayed a, a little bit, but it's coming out soon on the Unhinged Sports Network YouTube. Uh, but off the hinges and really the only thing that's been bugging me right now is uh, I get that I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little bit more passionate, I think, than some people would like, like I I do live in, when I say I live and die by my sports teams, there's a, there's a point where it gets a little bit much and I, I get that. But also, I feel like you should just let me be what I'm going to be. If you're a sports fan that does truly live and die with your team, people got to let you get that out. So if I am watching the Avalanche game and I see them blow a two-goal lead in the third period, hypothetically, let's say, and then lose in the first 10 seconds of overtime, again, totally hypothetical, let me be upset and let me get everything out that I need to. I've gotten better at not getting on Twitter anymore and letting it out there. I do scroll through and see all the hate. I let it fill my my heart because I need the glue to refill the cracks. 
but the best part about sports is the fact that they are filled with such passion and, and it, it lets you forget about whatever happened. Like I got home, I was tired from today, long day at work. My little fourth grade football team ran me around. I was, I was dead dog tired. And I got to watch the avalanche and for 40 minutes of that game, I was ecstatic. And those last 20 minutes, it was heartbreak. I wouldn't trade it. Maybe, because should, maybe, yeah, maybe we should have just uh, recorded after the first 40 minutes. We should have. <laughs> this would have been a lot. Well, we, we then would have, uh, we would have had one of the most epic energy losses in the entire history of podcasting, or I would have just gone on an absolute tirade and got myself canceled. So it's probably better that we did it this way. Um, but my big thing is just let sports fans, however they react, however they handle themselves, unless it's directly affecting you, unless I'm like, unless somebody's causing you physical harm or really upsetting you, you should just let them be because this is, this is something that a lot of people take to, get themselves over something that they're, you know, struggling with. So that's my off the hinges this week is just let sports fans be sports fans. Well, I mean, that's how, that's how we are. I, I agree completely. Sports, sports is the ultimate healer, healer of everything. We can, we can, we are there for when our teams are, we hug each other. We, we, when our team scores or our team hits a big three or hits a home run or a touchdown or whatever. And we're there when our, our teams are down. And that's the, one of the beauties of sports. The thing is, we don't need to tell people necessarily how to act, but we can we can always be there because people go through the ups and downs. That's what makes this. That's what makes sports so amazing, because we can be at the highest of highs one week and we can have the lowest and lows the next. And and it's all and all in the end, all be all. It can, it'll. It's just a game, but we can we can enjoy the game with each other. That's for sure. Um, for my off the hinges, well, um, Nick Wright. Is this the worst MVP in NBA history still? Is it? Well, you can suck it. Suck it. He is the motherfucking MVP. Worst MVP, I don't give a fuck. First MVP since Shaq. The only, the best center in the NBA. I know I, this is the third time I'm ranting, on, ranting about this in one episode. But I don't care. Nick Wright, Spike Eskin, um, uh, Kendrick Perkins. Rachel, Rachel, Kendrick Perkins, Rachel Nichols. I love you, Rachel Nichols, but you you fucked with us all season long too. The only ESPN show that I give love to is Jalen and Jacoby with Jalen Rose because he played here in Denver and he gives the Nuggets love and Jacoby gives the Nuggets love. That's the only ESPN show that gives them any love. And Shannon Sharp gives the Nuggets love because he played here in Denver too. So those are the only people that, that, that give a damn about them, but especially Nick Wright. Worse MVP my ass, bro. Yeah, we are looking at the new generation of basketball gods, and Nicole Jokic is part of it. First of all, the best second overall pick of all time. No doubt about that anymore. And poss- quite possibly could be the greatest ever nugget of all time. Second best, the, the worst MVP of all time, my ass. Carry the hell on. That's where I'm going to leave that because I was, I'm sick of that asshole on Twitter. I just, I hate it. I, I want to block him, but I can't block him because he produces content for this show that's, by being a dumbass. He produces content for this show. And so I can't get rid of him. I wish I knew how to quit you, but I, I agree. Even I, even I could see it. And we all know how little my basketball IQ is. Even I can see it. So yeah, that's uh, that's all the hinges this week presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. And now before we get to what's on our screen, let's uh, let's see who had the worst week in sports. And let's give out our bench warmers of the week. 
Uh, do you want me to start with this one, or you want to go first? I'll let you start because I think I know what you're, what you're going with, but I got a pretty good one too. I I actually I'm thinking I'm throwing you a curveball. Dylan Ward, the goaltender for the Water Dogs, who oh. uh, yeah he he gave oh. up a behind the head goal to Lyle oh, Thompson, yeah. and then he gave up a between the legs goal to Lyle Thompson. I mean, first of all, Lyle Thompson is just fucking unreal. If y'all don't know who Lyle Thompson is, do yourself a favor and just look up his story and look up his highlights because this is the equivalent to, like, Steph Curry in basketball. Because what this guy does on the field lacrosse is, like, some of the most unreal things you will ever see. Like, dude's, yeah. dude's unreal. So I don't give the I don't give Dylan Ward that much slack. He just got put on a highlight reel. It's it's bad because the one that went between his legs, he was wearing sweatpants in ninety five degree heat on turf, and when it went between his legs, it pulled the leg of the sweatpants up, and he didn't fix it. I was like, yeah. just pull your pull pants down. You already look stupid. Just pull your pants down. Never a good look. Well, my bedroom of the week. Fucking Christ! I could have put this in my off the hinges. Who the hell voted Derrick Rose as the MVP? He had he he got one single first place vote. What? I I mean people are saying there was the fan vote. Where the fuck was his fan vote? Like 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 th- like they they released the full voting results. Jokic got ninety one votes, and B or Steph Curry got five, Embiid got one, Giannis got one, Chris Paul got two, and then Derrick Rose got one. Where, 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 for, like, like people are saying, oh, it was the fan vote. I didn't vote. <laughs> where was this fan vote that you, you speak of? Yeah. Like it, it's some idiotic reporter fucking decided, I live in New York, so Derek Rose is the MVP. We're not in 2011. What the hell are we doing? Like, what? Is he playing for Chicago? No. Like, no, this is Derrick Rose with dreads in New York. Like, like we're not giving out fucking participants. Like, if he got a fifth place vote, I would have been able to be like, you know what, maybe. A first place vote? What are we doing? Like, that, that's why I was so worried about Jokic winning MVP. Because of bullshit like that. That's why I was not satisfied until he won. I was not satisfied until he won. Because of BS like that. Like, 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 Derrick Rose is fun to watch, but like, he had no right to be to get a single vote. This is a second string player. First, second, third, fourth, or fifth place vote. He doesn't deserve to get one of those. No offense, Derrick Rose, great player, had fun in Chicago, whatever. But like, how does a second string player get voted for the MVP? He doesn't even play the most minutes on his team. I was just so blown away. I was like, and they were saying it's a fan vote. Like, well, did they just poll 500 New Yorkers? <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> was, was, was that how we get, we determined the fan vote? We, we polled 500 New Yorkers after they won uh, game two. Yeah. Did we just oh, yeah, go to, yeah. did, after they were chanting, we want Brooklyn. Did someone just go out there with a fucking pencil and say, who's the MVP? Derrick Rose. Okay. Derrick Rose, Derrick like. <laughs> doing man like 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 come on that like my that that is by it's far good. away the easiest bench warmer league i say that every fucking league but this is true like come on man i forgot about one i'm just gonna throw it out as an honorable mention john rom leading oh, the tournament no. this weekend by oh. six strokes 
poor guy, dude. Let him finish. Also, like, well, like, 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 like the other two, like, like, get everyone off the fucking course and let him go play at four a.m. <laughs> like, the dude was burning the field. Let him finish. Like, he, yeah, he also didn't understand how this whole thing works because he was with somebody who had coronavirus, went and got the vaccine, and then still tested positive. He's like, damn it. I just, that was so, I, it broke my heart. Was, it I, broke I my heart. Like Six stroke lead, like you had the, the you had the bag. <laughs> you had the bag in your hands. Does he still get paid? No, he, got, he, he had to remove himself. So he got completely removed from the all the winnings. So it's not like he got second or third or whatever. He didn't get any. Wow. Poor Ouch. guy, man. I felt so bad. That was not, that's not a good look. Um, but let's move forward now and get to uh, what's on your screen presented by the Florida End of the Bench podcast. Follow us at FEOTV pod, uh, all social medias. And then we also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, but let's let's go into what's on your screen. And I want to I want to know what you're paying attention to besides the Nuggets series and the Avalanche yep, yep. series. Well, what, what's Nuggets, on your screen? Besides the Nugs and Avs, we got a UFC pay per view this weekend. We got a good one too, a damn good one. The the it's in Arizona too, so they're in the arena that the Suns and Nuggets are playing. So that's cool too. They it's uh, is Izzy versus Vittori. Marvin Vittori, who is sponsored by Dolce & Cabana <laughs> or, or one of the super rich brands. I don't know which one it was. Like He got some sort of endorsement from those. I thought it was hilarious. But all I know is he wore like a $10,000 outfit to his interview <laughs> that they had on him, had with him last week, which I thought was hilarious. Um, that's, that's the main event. Co-main event is Brandon Moreno versus Figueredo, which, I mean, that – Brandon Moreno arguably won the first fight, so that's going to be a hell of a fight between those two small guys. And then the return of Nate the Great Diaz. And then Leon Edwards also, first fight in two years, finally back too. That's a great – I mean, Maya's on this card too. Maya too, man. It's a, it's a great card. I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to it because Nuggets play – actually, fuck. Nuggets play Saturday too. Oh, no, no. We play Wednesday, Friday, and – oh, Saturday's game's tough. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I think Saturday would be Game Seven. Am I right? I think. I mean, I'm, I'm not looking that far, but I think Saturday would be Game Seven. So maybe I'm not going to be watching this card. But I mean, I'm not Hold. positive. Yeah, I'm yeah. not positive. I'm, I'm, I'm double checking to see. Nuggets are Wednesday and Friday, and I think Sunday. I think the Avs would be Thursday and possibly Saturday. So, I mean, I'm not going to be watching the card if the abs are on, but I mean. Yeah, the abs would be Saturday. So, so knock on wood, I'm not watching the UFC pay-per-view. <laughs> knock on wood, I'm not but watching. That, oh, yeah. I was going to say, I thought you, I, I had that switched around in my head. I was like, no, no, that means that they lose. Okay. Yeah, no, knock on wood, I'm not watching the UFC. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I forgot that, that that it was a pay-per-view card. Also, Drew Dover's on this fight. Isn't he Colorado oh, yeah, guy? Colorado, yeah, he's Colorado guy. Another one out of that, uh, I think it's Elevation, or it might have been out of, uh, oh, fuck, what's the other one called? I don't know what the other one's called, but one of those fight camps. I guess Gaethje's camp, which is Elevation, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Same camp, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, there, I mean, that's obviously something huge that's happening. I, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, what's on my screen? Uh, I'm thinking I might watch some more PLL. I didn't mind it. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. I don't know anything about what's going on. I had to, I was very confused for, like, the first five minutes other than when the ball went in the net. It was like, oh, goal. 
but uh, it gets, yeah, it gets, I think I might. It, it gets very entertaining quickly. Like, it, like once you kind of know what's going on and how people go, and and some of the characters too, because like Val Thompson is so much fun to watch. Paul Rabel is fun to watch. Trevor Baptiste, who plays for Atlas, is is a DU guy. They got a bunch of Colorado home-centered people in the league too so it's like i said it's a lot it's a lot of fun like it's it, it's it's something that's going to be we're going to be watching a lot of this summer because basketball playoffs and hockey playoffs will have to end eventually and i'm not watching baseball every fucking weekend <laughs> yeah uh i think i might watch some highlights of lyle and his brother you said they went to albany oh because yeah. i want to i want to see that Oh, they were unreal together. His brother plays in the uh, the uh, uh, indoor lacrosse league, which is where mm. the Mammoth play. There's another Colorado team, the Colorado Mammoth play, who play at Pepsi Center as well. Yeah, and I think uh, that they did something on Lyle at halftime. He's like his dad was talking, and it's the Native American accent that kind of does it for me too. He's when Lyle picks up a lacrosse stick, he does not play to win the game. He's playing to honor the great the creator. I was like, oh, shit. That, yeah. You're never beating that guy. Yeah, him and the guy who won the MVP for the uh, championship game last year, Zed Williams, who plays for uh, the Whip Snakes, he's also very, very um, in, like, very, very in touch with, with all that. And he's, he, he's uh, one with the Natives and fantastic player as well. I mean, they, they do – I mean, US, I mean, the cross in general has, has done a great job. I mean, I was telling you last week how the Iroquois, they have their own national, national team. Like, it's not just – I mean, Team USA and Team Canada have their squads, but Lyle Thompson, Zed Williams, all these people play for the Iroquois um, on the national stage, which is I think is so dope. Yeah, it's – if you're – because lacrosse is not a major sport in the U.S., but if you're going to, you should definitely honor um, the roots of the sport and the roots of the yeah. sport. That was that was the Natives' way of getting ready for war and, and learning how to communicate, work together when they go on their hunts and everything, so – I did. I didn't. I didn't hate the PLL game that I watched. I did fall asleep, but that was because I went to the Douglas County Incline that morning. So I was just. I was gonna fall asleep no matter what I put on. And plus, you. Uh, I'm pretty sure you watched a game that was a boat race too. Well, <laughs> it wasn't a. It wasn't that. I. I will say that I fell asleep after the Water Dogs scored two goals in in the second half. So they were making their comeback, and then I didn't see them get. Yeah, demolished they, after that but yeah they got their ass kicked after <laughs> i was because that's the water dogs are the team that pardon my take owns and they're good friends with paul rabel so they would think there's a conspiracy is like are you fucking with us are you yeah. trying to give us the worst team yeah because 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 the, the cannons is is who beat them and and then yeah. uh because that's paul rabel's team and then last year i remember their very first game was against atlas which was paul rabel's old team and then Atlas won by 20 against them too. So it was kind of funny. At least we're not the worst team in the league because the I think it's the Atlas that has Atlas, the, the Atlas minus 12 goal differential. Oh, that was so bad. They got their ass kicked so fast. Yeah. But that's uh, what's on our screen presented by the Far End of the Bench podcast. And now we get into our regular segments so that we can wrap this thing up and I can go to bed so I can get up to work in the morning, going back to the office for the first time since November. And first I, and time. I'm, and I'm traveling to Vegas. So should be interesting. <laughs> You're gonna sleep on the plane. That's yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into beats of the week, and uh, I'm gonna go first because the first one that I found was a golf uh, line. First of all, whoa, whoa, uh, hold up! A shout out to an original bench warmer, Jeremy, because he lives. He also now lives rent free in Bryson DeChambeau's head. Oh, that was hilarious! Yelling Brooks. That's the, that was hilarious. Yeah, that's the best story. Is that? 
Bryson DeChambeau gets people kicked off and he tried to get people arrested for calling him Brooksy. Uh, but Brooks Kepka is plus 800 to win the Palmetto Championship. I don't know anything about that tournament. I like plus 800 and I like Brooks Kepka. <laughs> That's fair. I, I like that one too. Um, Cause Brooksy is Brooksy. I mean, who am I talking Brooksy about? Brooksy is Brooksy. Who am I talking about though? I don't know. Um, <laughs> my, my, my first one, I'm going to tell you right now, two of these. I am doubling the fuck down on. First of all, I said it before the series that the Nuggets were underdogs um, on Twitter. Well, the Nuggets are plus 315 to now win the series. So I'm hammering the fuck out of that because I still believe in this team and I still have a lot of money on the Nuggets to make the Western Conference Finals still. So I'm still going to keep throwing money at them. And then I'll go with my second one right away too because it adds on to that. Avs plus 240 to win the series too. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? I'm, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm still a believer. I'm still gonna. I, I mean, as I, I, like I said, I've seen teams say never, never say die. So I'm just hoping it's the same way. Yeah, no, I told you before we started recording that I'm not even gonna watch Game Six. I know by the time Game Six rolls around, I'm gonna be sitting there. I'm gonna be watching it. Um, it's so that much... Oh shit! Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a never ending cycle. I just can't stay away. Um, yeah. I, I'm really hoping for – by the way, if they lose in this series, we both lose money because we both put money on them yeah. to win the Stanley Cup way back when. Um, and I just wanted to give myself a shout-out because I hit my Nuggets in six prediction. Sure, yes, you did. Yes, I did, did hit that line. Uh, my second beat of this week, like we were talking about, Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. Moreno's plus 188. That fight was too close for the line to be minus 250 and plus 188. I, I don't know. Something seems off. And I don't think that that division is going to have a long-standing champion for a long time because that's their 125, right? Their uh, yeah. Mighty Mouse's old division. Yep. Or it's yeah, one, they are flat. Yeah, it's one, it's one, yeah, it's 125, I think, not 115. Yeah. I don't know. No, the, the men don't have 115. Um, yeah. So it is, it's Mighty Mouse's old division. And now that he's out of there, I don't see a, a guy holding on to the title for a long time. So Brandon Moreno plus 188 on FanDuel. I really like that. That's a good one. And you can maybe parlay that. Uh, I'll, I'll go in here and see what uh, what the best return would be. Method of victory, uh, Moreno by points plus 380. Win I mean, plus yeah. the parlay with the 380 might not be bad. Yeah, they both are. I mean, they both got a lot of power for a small division, but they both got some pretty good chains too. So mm-hmm. I don't know if a knockout may happen. I think it may, it may go the distance. I mean, yeah. I, I, another scenario of you uh, not, um, seeing or me not seeing what you had. So my last one, I, I, I changed it up. First of all, if you don't know this by now, you should already have this bet down. Bet $100,000 on Rafael Nadal to win the French Open. He's a minus 175. Like I said, like I, I said this when the French Open was conducted already. I mean, this is the second time we've already we've talked about the French Open. But death, taxes, and Rafael Nadal winning the French Open. <laughs> there is no one better on clay than Rafael Nadal. But since already that should be common sense by now, I want to go with because Serena's gone. Serena, Serena got Serena Williams lost in the second round. Uh, obviously, Naomi is removed from the tournament. I'm going to go with a little bit of a sleeper here. U.S. US women is going to win the um, French Open again, in my opinion. But it will be Coco Goff. Coco Goff, plus 950. Another person that honestly was 
all the hype was around Coco because she's so young originally before it was Naomi because Coco was the girl that upset Serena in a major, I think it was two or three years ago. And she's a pretty damn good, um, just because Naomi has taken over the spotlight and everything. Um, but Coco Goff is a pretty damn good test player. And I think she could surprise people. And at plus 950, those are pretty good odds. Yeah, even I recognize that name. I remember watching her uh, play against Serena because my I have an uncle who's a really big tennis fan. That's another sport where I just don't know the rules. So even if I want to turn it on, I'm still like, uh, uh, it's volley. Yeah, that was a good volley, right? Yeah. I don't love it. Everybody love everybody, damn it. Um, I love everybody. My, my last beat of this week, I'm going NCAA football because they have the over-under for each school's win totals out there. And, and shout out to a good friend of the podcast, Chuck, his uh, former team, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They are set right now over 11 and a half wins plus 105. How many games do they play? 12? If they win the national championship, they would play 13 or 14, I believe. If it's a right, full with, season. With Bryce Young, though? Ooh, I don't know, man. That's the thing. It's Nick Saban, man. Nick yeah, Saban just got extended through 2028. Yeah, that was that was very ridiculous. All that too. Oh man! If he doesn't, and even the seasons that Saban doesn't win the national championship, he still wins like twelve games. So he always just I, does something stupid. Yeah, eleven and a half wins. I think is. I don't necessarily see anybody really stepping up. I don't. I mean, maybe for, for me, even to say, I think their biggest competition for a national championship this year would be Oklahoma. And I don't maybe, really trust maybe, Oklahoma. Maybe Clemson, if Ula, whatever, is, it doesn't. We are gonna lay. There you go. We are gonna lay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I, I I just found uh, Alabama. I, I didn't think that their over would be the underdog. I thought that they would have a higher return on the, on their under because you know if you don't know already, yeah. yeah. If you don't know already, Alabama just wins football games and plays in the national championship. That's all they do. Unfortunately, yep. All right, that's uh, that's beats of the week. Be sure to get your bets in, get some money back for you, um, and hopefully we're working to see if we'll get some sort of a partnership or affiliation with one of these betting sites so that we can tell you exactly where to go and uh, keep that thing rolling. But now let's move on, and let's we're get, to player and play get, of the let's week. Let's do play of the week first because, like I said, I got another special for player of the week. All right, play play of the week, and I'll let you go first so that you can round out player of the week. My, my play of the week, um, first of all, John Collins postered the fuck out of Joel Embiid after game one. It was it was basically over. John Trey Young, he was, they're trying to foul. Philly's trying to foul. Trey Young just lobbed it up to the rim as a shot, and they didn't call a foul on Trey Young. John Collins went up, rose over the top of Embiid, and just hammered it home on him. I wanted to put DeAndre Ayton's uh, poster because, I mean, that was pretty nice. I'll give you that. That's pretty good, DeAndre Aiden, um, over MPJ. But uh, that John Collins dunk was unreal. And then him screaming, just swinging his fist through, was just so cool. So that, that was my play of the week. Yeah, my, my play of the week, um, I'm going over to hockey and the Tampa Bay series that actually just ended the day that we're recording this. Uh, the second goal that they scored, or the first one, Braden Point, he got a feed cross ice, and he, he triple deked it. He went. Forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, forehand, and it went top shelf like three feet in front of the goaltender. Uh, the goaltender basically could have just dove out while he was deking and, and stopped the puck. And uh, uh, Braden Point, probably the most impressive player besides Nikita Kucherov because he's just an alien. But Braden Point's my most impressive player of these Stanley Cup playoffs so far. 
Um, and I think Tampa Bay, if if the Avalanche don't move on, I'm a big ass Tampa Bay Lightning fan. We're gonna Tampa. I'm back. That's basically what we're saying. If the I'm Avalanche back. don't move. <laughs> Um, so now we'll get into uh, player of the week. And my player of the week is Andre Vasilevsky, also of the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they were talking about it on the broadcast today. In the last three closeout games that he's played in, he has pitched a shutout. Last year in the Stanley Cup final against Dallas, shutout. First round against Nash- or, uh, Florida, shutout. This round against Carolina, who was supposedly going to come out of that division, shutout. Andre Vasilevsky is the goalie. That's what we're what we're going to call him at this point. Vasilevsky is a stud. But now, let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, the MVP. I I mean I I I could I could have very easily been a been a sellout and had this man as Player of the Week for the past forty five episodes. I very well could have done that. But to round out this episode, I have to shine light on this man's stats one more time. Because, like I said, what he's done is unreal. First of all, 26 points per game. Highest highest by a center this season. 10.8 rebounds, ninth in the league. 8.3 assists per game, sixth in the league. Highest by a center by over five and a half average. 31.36 per usage. That means on average, ever like 30 possessions out of every single game for the Nuggets, Jokic is involved in some sort of scoring assists or rebounds. Think about that. That is insane for a center. Okay, now let's talk about his playoffs. Because it gets better. Averaging in the playoffs, he is averaging 31.4 points a game. I don't know why I'm looking up there. 31.4 points a game. Averaging 0.7 steals. Oh, he can't play defense, so I guess. 1.0 blocks per game. Oh, he's blocking the fuck out of people. 4.3 assists. 10.3 rebounds. 91.7% free throw percentage. That means you can't foul it, man. 42.5% from three points. This is a center. Yeah, he's a center though, right? He's a center. 42.5%. The league average is 25%. I mean, it's not anymore because Steph Curry, but the league average is always near around 30%. He's 42.5% from three. 51% from the three. All in 35 minutes of work in the playoffs. Look, this is... Man, I, I, we are blessed to watch this man work every, night in and night out. Whether, like, whether we beat Phoenix or not, obviously I'm hoping we do. This is a W of a season because what we have waiting next year is going to be surreal. I cannot wait. And, I, and this season isn't even over yet. And this team isn't done yet. Like I said, this team is going to keep swinging. This team is going to keep fighting. They are going to push every team they play to the limit. It doesn't matter who they put out there, whether it be the, the whether it be the five foot ten Argentinian, or Austin Rivers who got cut, or Marcus Howard who was the leading scorer in college basketball last year at Marquette, or motherfucking Bull Bull, <laughs> it doesn't matter. This Nuggets team is going to keep fighting. That's all because of one five and what Michael Malone has done. Also, if you find a leak, anyone out there who's listening, 
If there is a link to that Michael Malone shirt, please send it to me. I need that now. <laughs> I need that literally right now. Like, like I am not shitting you. That will be the quickest amount of money I have ever spent on something. That 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 like every single MVP shirt. Shout out DNVR. I will be buying that MVP shirt. Every single shirt I find will be purchased. My bank account. I got paid because it's the it's the ninth. I get paid next week, so I get paid next Friday. I'll have all that money reimbursed. My money will be gone. I will, I will pay everything because this is a historic moment, not only in Denver Nuggets history, but also Colorado sports history. Yeah, I, it's totally on another level than what we've seen in recent years, especially. This is a huge moment in Colorado history. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to be uh, working some overtime to cover all these shirts that you're going to be buying because you know DNVR is going to bring the heat. It is what it is. <laughs> hey, what's money if you can't spend it, right? Exactly, man. All Why right, so that's bad? uh, yeah. What, what's so going bad? on? Why so serious, huh? Why so serious? Nugs and four. I, Nugs and seven. <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up so that we can get to bed and you can get catch your flight to uh, the desert. I'm hoping. Are you going to be able to make it to a game? Uh, look, I'll, I don't know if I'll, I'll be able to make it to the game, but I'll be watching at the sports book down there for the Nugs game on Wednesday. I mean, as you're listening to this, I'll be at a sport. I'll be either and I'll be already in Vegas as you're listening to this. So I'll be at a sports book watching the Nugs Wednesday and Friday and Thursday. I'll be at a sports book somewhere. I already got an ab shirt packed. I got to change the mojo up, obviously, again, because I tried the McKinnon jersey tonight and that didn't work. <laughs> so got to try the McCarr shirt t shirt. So I'll see if that brings us some luck. There you go. But that's going to bring us to the end of episode 44 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. We are uh, four. Near 50. Near 50. We're also nearing that Nico Bryant episode 48. Very close. Yeah, very true. I've I've realized that earlier today. Thank you guys for listening. This has been a ton of fun. And uh, even though I thought that this was going to be a very somber podcast, thank you, Nicole Jokic, for making sure that we had some energy brought here. Uh, be sure to follow us at FEOTV Pod, all social medias, and to catch, if you're not listening to this live on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro, you can catch us every Wednesday from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. And then our big replay is uh, Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, so be sure to check us out there and be sure to follow the unhinged sports network as well. We enjoy working with those guys. They've been giving us uh, a good platform and we are super appreciative of them and all of you out there listening. Cause we can't do this if nobody's listening. I mean, we could, but that would just be a little bit ridiculous. We might as well just hang out and talk about sports if nobody else was listening. Uh, but yeah, this has been, it's a big week and it's going to continue to roll on. I'm hoping we still got two teams in the playoffs next week when we get to sit, sit down and get ready to record, even if it means I get to go to bed at 2 a.m. once again. Absolutely. Like I said, no sleep till the playoffs are over. There you go. But with that, for my co-host, Nico Bryant, myself, Jimmy Pilato, this has been the Far End of the Bench, episode 44. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Peace. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bill, was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Out of fence again, head to me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man, I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm yeah, we sticking up for nigga. Let that move like I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. 
OSINT, only one can lead. Hold on, wait a minute. That's not what we agreed on. This isn't a death match. What are you talking about? This isn't a death match. This is, not? This is just our podcast. What, what's our podcast called? Our podcast is the Dago Express. I told you this. All of this in an email. Oh, yeah. I don't check my email. Why don't you check? Why did you give me your email if you're not going to check your email? Well, it's just nice to get somebody something to write down. I thought you just wanted something to write down. No, that's not at all what I wanted you to do. Okay, well, tell me more about this podcast. This podcast is just a bunch of random nonsense. Me and you having a conversation with the microphone. That's all it is. Okay, and when can I listen to this podcast? Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And is it just going to be one place? No, it'll be on all your streaming platforms. <laughs> so it's two brothers, both enter. One microphone. See what happens. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Yeah, that's nice. We'll go with that.